there. They should be at the connect table at the back here. Um, most of you know we meet every month on the fourth Saturday for corporate prayer at 10 a.m. And um, we have uh, we produce these co- uh, monthly prayer focus sheets uh, just to help everybody be on the same page, uh, the same mind, the same purpose uh, of prayer for our church. And anyway, these are available for you at the Connect table. And uh, so I encourage you to pick one of these up. Keep it with you in your Bible throughout the month of as we go into June. And then again, at the end of June, we'll have uh, another corporate prayer on the fourth Saturday of June, which is the 27th, I believe. And, um, and so in the beginning of the book of Acts, we read... That in the first chapter says the disciples, about 120 of them, were gathered in the upper room and they were praying. And it said they drew together constantly in prayer. And, and it was in that moment of time, it was that God chose to birth the church. And they were in that waiting period between Jesus being with them, Jesus then dying on the cross, being buried, and being resurrected, and then Jesus freaking them out, appearing like a ghost in their midst, walking through walls, walking through closed locked doors, appearing on the beach with fried fish ready to eat, when they were out all night trying to catch something. And he spent about 40 days just going back over everything from beginning, from Genesis to his time. In 40 days, he covered the span of what we call the Old Testament and began the church. And, and he told them, you need to hang tight, don't worry, because something's about to change. And how many of you have times, we all do, but if we admit that, times where we are waiting on the next thing. You know what I'm talking about? The next move, the next surprise, the next visitation of God in our situation. I know we're all praying for things, believing God for things, but it's in that waiting period, right, that we tend to struggle, that we tend to have where our emotions are, well, we just wrestle. We tend to wrestle. Nothing wrong with that. But it's I think the main issue is will we really wait until the Lord comes through and we see the manifestation of God's presence in our life and in our situation, in our expectation, our hour of waiting. And that's where these disciples found themselves. And then you get into chapter 2 and it's what is famous chapter where God officially pours out His Holy Spirit on His people and He birthed 
births the church. The church, it, there was no thing as a church until then. It became that. And it cre- he created that and started that. And, and it was called the day of Pentecost. And I know there's denominations named after that, formed after that, and have done a lot of good things. And today is what is called Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days after Passover, the day Christ was crucified. And it is today for us, Easter weekend, April 4th, 3rd, 4th, 5th, that weekend, now 50 days later is what is called now Pentecost Sunday. And so we're going to, I'm going to minister here in a minute out of the word on that, but um, as I do, I want, it's my desire that, that we not just gain head knowledge in, in scripture, we need it, that's, that's how, what causes us to think and comprehend, but may it travel about eight inches down to our heart, and may we experience a fresh Pentecost in our spirit today. Amen. And I desire that not only for my life, but for our church, that we would truly have the fresh encounters of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, there's stories in the Old Testament that talk about how you can't just hang on to the old you have to be in search of the new, fresh. In fact, when, when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt and leading them to the promised land, he told them, he said, I will provide for you, but I'm going to supply manna from heaven, bread from heaven, but don't be greedy. You get what you need, but at the same time, expect that tomorrow there will be a fresh batch waiting for you. And Jesus even talked about you, you, you can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. For if you do, the wineskin, the old wineskin will burst. For it cannot contain the potency of that new wine. It can't hold it. It has to be a new wineskin to hold the new wine. An analogy, an illustration that as believers, we, we find ourselves going through cycles and seasons of life and different levels of dependency on God. And sometimes we get to a place where we need more than what we had the last time because of where we are and where we are headed, that we need a new thing. We need a fresh thing. We need a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit to, to be real in our life. And And I know the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap a lot of times because as humans, we try to create things and we try to make things happen. But really what I've discovered is we just sit back and we allow God to be God and to do what He wants to do, that it would not be a a creation or a manifestation of our flesh but it would be something truly born of the Spirit. 
And in our day and time, especially in our life right now, we don't need another arm of the flesh in our, in our own effort, in our own strength, our own ability. Let's, I mean, honestly, if, we, if it was really on in our own ability up to our own strength, don't you think we would not sin anymore? Don't you think we would already be healed by now if it was truly in our own strength? Don't you think we would have the promises of, of, of God already in our life? If it was up just in our own measure of strength, we could do anything. But it's not. It is the act and the movement of God's Holy Spirit in our life. Because at the end of the day, what God desires, what God's looking for, are people who depend on Him. People who trust in Him. Amen? People who lean on Him and not on our own self. Because we can't save ourselves. But there's one who can. And there is a promise that Jesus made of the one who lives in us as believers our advocate, our helper, our comforter, the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, is living a Holy Spirit-filled life. You know, to live a Holy Spirit-filled life, it, 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 it's really simple, but yet it's hard for some people to really get. Living a Holy Spirit life is about living with our life open to the fullness of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. That's really what it's about. It's not about trying to make anything happen in our life. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to be dominant in us, to truly lead us and guide us. Amen? Let's pray this morning. If, we're, if you're able to lift your hands this morning as a posture of receptivity, let's do that. Holy Spirit, we're here today. We're gathered in your name. We are gathered in the name of Jesus as your people. And Lord, you really only know our life. You are the one who really knows our heart. You are the one who really knows everything about us. You know what we need. You know what door needs to be opened. You know what doors need to be closed. You know what relationships we must have in our life. You know the different types of alignment with others that we need. You know where we need to be, when we need to be, and with who we need to be with. You know what satisfies us. And this morning, Father, as we commemorate and remember Pentecost Sunday and what it's about, I pray now for a fresh revelation from your word upon our life. And I pray for a fresh movement of your spirit in our life. Lord, where we are stale and where we might, may be stagnant, where the Waters haven't flowed in our souls in a long time. I pray today that you would stir them. You would 
move across those waters of our soul. And may you be that fresh wind in the sail of our souls today, Lord. Father, we are people who need you. We are people who desire you. God, we are going in different places in different directions every day. But if your spirit does not guide, if your spirit does not order, if your spirit does not inspire, then Father, we waste our moments, we waste our days, and our efforts are in vain. So I pray now by your spirit, God, that you would just visit us fresh this morning. That when we leave today to go home and wherever we go, that we can say with assurance, surely the presence of the Lord was in that place. Encourage and strengthen those in here today who need it. Strengthen us and support us where we are down. Pull us up, God, where we are weak. Open our eyes to see the truth, the reality, not a false impression, but the real thing of who you are in our life today. And may you be glorified in everything that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Talking about a Holy Spirit-filled life. We're going to look at, we're in this, we're in a series called We Are, I'm used to seeing two screens up here. Pardon me. It just like, the whole thing just like went broke right before our service started. So we've got to get a new bulb this week. So, but um, I'll have to look to my right, to your left. Uh, we are the church. And what we're doing, we're exploring Six, the six main core values of New Life Church and how they define who we are and as a church and as well as how they define who we are as people, individuals. And the fourth uh, value that we're going to be looking at today is the Holy, uh, being Holy Spirit-filled. Let's look at what it says. At New Life Church, we value being Holy Spirit-filled. We value the filling of the Holy Spirit not for doctrinal sake, but for destiny's sake. That we are open to the fullness of the Holy Spirit to fill us fresh daily. That we need Him to guide us, empower us, inspire us, and produce in us God's character and love to be His witnesses in this earth. Does that resonate with you guys today? That it resonates with one. I'm glad it resonates with one. We can do a lot with one. Does it resonate with the rest of us today? <laughs> that living a Holy Spirit-filled life is about living with our lives open to the fullness of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. And as I teach today and talk, I, I don't want to just, again, I'm going to teach, but at the same time, as I'm teaching, I believe this is a subject matter that I believe and ask the Lord that you would, He would help us to just catch the life-changing revelation of living a Holy Spirit filled life. It, it takes all the pressure off of our flesh. It takes all the pressure off of our carnal personality. 
And it puts complete and total dependency and trust, really the way God intended, in the role and the help of the Holy Spirit in our life. I mean, think about it. For three and a half years, these disciples were dependent solely on the flesh of Jesus Christ. He was in the flesh. The Son of God, the Son of Man, was physically in the flesh. Three and a half years of ministry from the first time he called his first disciples until his death, burial, and resurrection. Three and a half years, he was with those 12 men, and they were completely, solely dependent on him. They didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go, wouldn't, didn't have any kind of idea about anything concerning God until Jesus took three and a half years and taught them and spent time with them and completely changed their career. They were fishermen, they were tax collectors, one was a doctor, you know, and he completely changed them and taught them about a different way to focus their life. And he told them, hey, I know you've been dependent on me but what I'm telling you is there's someone who is coming who will not just be with you, but he will be in you. And that is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna, to um, look through the Holy Spirit in five parts according to the New Testament this morning. And we're going to zero in on one of those here at, at the end and uh, expound a little bit. But going to run through these quickly the first part is this is the promise the promise of the Holy Spirit let's look at um, John 14 there, these verses by the way are going to all be on our screen for time's sake and you can jot these down if you're taking notes the promise after Jesus's ascension to heaven the Father gave the Holy Spirit poured out the Holy Spirit on the believer to fill a believer's life and Jesus promised the disciples that this would happen before his death, burial, and resurrection. Let's look at John 14, verse 16, 17, and verse 26. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Okay? Let's look at the next chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus said, But I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And then John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And then the end of, John, of the Gospel of Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, I, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So Jesus spent his last few moments with the disciples letting them know, hey, I'm leaving, but it's better that I go because of what God has planned. 
And he's going to, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. You're not going to be uh, left as orphans, unattended to and uncared for. He said, but the Father has a promise to send you, and that promise is the Holy Spirit. So you got the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the next thing. Then you have the reminder of the Holy Spirit. The reminder. Let's look at that in Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at that. Jesus reminded the disciples the Holy Spirit would be given to them soon, but they needed to be patient, and they needed to just hang on for what was about to happen. Again, all this has never happened before. This is brand new. They didn't have any post past experience to base this on. Just like you and I, we have experiences in life, but when we go through something unique and different, we're grasping for somebody else's story. We're grasping for somebody else's advice. We're grasping for somebody else to give us some lead way, some guidance. And you know who gives it the best? The Holy Spirit. The reminder, Acts 1, verse 3 through 5. During the 40 days after Jesus suffered and he died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Luke is the author of Acts, and he's writing to Theophilus, and he's rem giving a reminder of what is to happen. Let's look at verse 16 and 17, or excuse me, verse... Seven and eight, yes. Um, that didn't change. It changed the numbers. I might have messed that slide up. Do the next slide. There is no next slide in that category? Okay. Um, let me turn my Bible to Acts 1. Sometimes when you do a copy and paste, it helps to erase what you're putting over it. I got to tell you, I had the worst time putting this, assembling this message this week. Uh, it was the most frustrating, um, hellish, wrestling match I had. When you don't have anything to lean on and you feel like you're at the end of your rope, the Holy Spirit's the only one who's going to be there for you. Pray for my computer because I almost threw it out the window. I spent an hour, almost an hour and a half, putting things together, my notes together and all this stuff, and then it just shut down, turn it back on, and the words are in some kind of foreign Asian language. I don't know how to read that. I just had to delete it and start all over again, and, um, and I about just quit. I almost gave up on this thing and thought, to heck with any notes, to heck with a PowerPoint, to heck with all that. 
I'm just going to get up there and speak because I don't have anything else but the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and if you know anything about me at all, that is hard for me to do. Verse 7 and verse 8. The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Just like if anybody out there is trying to say, Jesus is coming back on this day or that day, you can already say you're full of it. Because nobody knows. And I don't believe God would give man the satisfaction of picking the date when Jesus comes back. Because Jesus doesn't even know. Only God the Father knows. But he says, but you will receive power. There is a, something that's going to happen in your life. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you have the promise. Then you have the reminder. Next, we have the fulfillment. The fulfillment. Let's look at Acts chapter 2 here. Yay, there is a verse for that. Out of the message translation, it says, When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force wind, that no one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. Verse 16 and 17. This is what Peter is saying. He says, this is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. It's Joel chapter 2, if you want to look that up. Where it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. And until you encounter the true presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you really don't know what real life is about. Because the Holy Spirit changes the entire dynamic of living. Friends, we need the freshness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not just on Sunday. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit every day of our life. You and I encounter debacle and rebuttal and issue and temptation and hang-up and habit and problem and disappointment and sin and bad choices, bad people. The world is corrupt, but... The Holy Spirit is holy, and He makes us holy. You and I can live a victorious life in this world, for we can live in this world but not be a part of this world and actually make a difference for God on, in this world. We need the Holy Spirit. And so Acts 2 is the fulfillment. It was the festival of Pentecost. Again, 50 days after Passover when Christ was crucified. The word pente 
is the word that means 50. It's where it gets 50. And this was a festival that was a celebration um, that is started in the Old Covenant. It's been around. So this was nothing new. The actual festival was nothing new. But what happened on this particular day at that particular time had never happened before. And it was on that day, the day of Pentecost, that God birthed the church. And he came, like it says, a strong wind, a gale force wind. I mean, you've been around long enough, you know what those types of winds are like. You see the effect, and if you're around them, you feel the effect of them. And the strong wind, the sound of that strong wind, that was the sound of God moving and God doing something new in His people. And instead, it's like fire was upon them. It's His sign of His presence was right there. For in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were leaving Exodus and going to the promised land, it said that God led them by a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. A pillar of fire by night. There was visible evidence, visible evidence that God was with them. And with the Holy Spirit, there's visible evidence in a believer's life that gives witness that, hey, they belong to Jesus. And we're going to look at those here in just a moment, okay? We're going to look at those. And by the way, this was God's plan all along. God has never been lost in the history of existence, of our existence. He's never been lost as to what He's going to do and how He's going to do it. And this was always His plan from day one to always fill His people life with Himself. Let's quickly look at a couple of examples. So you have the promise, you have the reminder, you have the fulfillment. Everybody with me so far? And then you have some examples. Let's look at one of them, Acts 4.31. See, the apostles, they were praying. It says, while they were praying, they were praying because they were, they were needing help beyond their own ability. Not to win the lottery or get a promotion or have a new house. They needed help beyond their ability to stand up for God and to be His witness. And this is while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. Man, this happened. We would probably get scared. We'd fall on our knees because we didn't want to fall over and we'd cover our heads because we didn't want to get hit with anything, right? doesn't say anything was destroyed or anything fell apart. It just said the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. And then, here's what happened. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's Word with fearless confidence. And other translations say with great boldness. The Holy Spirit visited them. This is in two chapters later after the day of Pentecost. So they'd already encountered the original outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And here's their where they're experiencing a freshness of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of being His witness. Again, filled with the Holy Spirit to speak God's Word. Let's look at another one in Acts chapter 8. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem received the report that Samaria had accepted God's Word or His message, they sent Peter and John down to pray for them 
to receive the Holy Spirit. And up to this point, they had only been baptized in the name of the Master Jesus, and the Holy Spirit hadn't yet fallen on them. Then the apostles laid their hands on them, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. You can see in the beginning stages of the early church, they discovered, and they really didn't discover per se, they just simply followed directions and waited, and then God allowed them to experience what they, he told them, would be coming, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and how revolutionary the, the Holy Spirit would be in their life, and how they then went to other parts of the known world, hearing people repent, and call on the name of Jesus, and pray for them to receive the fullness, the fresh part of God, the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Let's look at um, one more, Acts 10. It says, No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the outsider, the non-Jews. Thank God. But there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues and heard them praising God. That the Holy Spirit, God's will and purpose was not just relegated to his own people, Israel, but he was out to save the world. He was out to save the world. Got time for one more example? One more. Let's look at Acts 19. It says, now it happened while Apollos was away in Corinth, Paul made his way down through the mountains. And he came to Ephesus and happened on some disciples there. The first thing he said was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you take God into your mind? Did you take God into your mind only or did you also embrace him with your heart? That's a really good question. Did he get inside you? Is God inside you? Is he inside you? We've never seen or heard of that, a Holy Spirit. Again, brand new. God within us? What? How were you baptized then, asked Paul, in John's baptism? Let's look at the next verse. That explains it, said Paul. John preached a baptism of radical life change so that people would be ready to receive the one coming after him who turned out to be Jesus. And if you've been baptized in John's baptism, you're ready now for the real thing, for Jesus. And they were, as soon as they heard of it, they were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. Paul put his hands on their heads and the Holy Spirit entered them. And from that moment on, they were praising God in tongues and talking about God's actions. All together, there were about 12 people there that day. So different ways of the reception of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And this last part where we're going to zero in on today, we're going to look at the role of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the action of the Holy Spirit. Now keep in mind, the list goes on and on and on about the different ways and the, the roles of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things the Holy Spirit does. But I want to talk about three primary ways, three primary roles of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Real quick, 
Because as the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned to you earlier, the, some of the scriptures we were reading from said, use the word advocate. Other translations in, in John's, John's gospel say uh, the helper or the comforter. Most of them say the helper, and the ultimate says the promise, uh, the Holy Spirit. So the word Holy Spirit is, has, a, has a Greek word called parakletos. Parakletos, which means this, which means the comforter, which means the helper, and means the advocate. And here's what it ultimately means that the Holy Spirit will do and does. He encourages, he strengthens, and he supports believers. Okay? You with me? So we're going to look at these three primary ways. Number one is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's nine spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit can produce in our life. Verse 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Anytime... The gift of the, a gift of the Holy Spirit is manifest in our life and is in action. The sole purpose behind that is not for our attention. It's not for our glory. It's not so people can say, dang, you're good. Look at you. Woo! You're on fire. No, it's so that God, through the Holy Spirit, through the gift, can help other people. And how many of you have you've had God move through you in different ways to help other people? Let me see your hands. I know it's happened to a lot of you. God uses you to help other people. That's his desire. And so that's the whole sole purpose there. And then they list out nine, nine different gifts. To one is given the um, the ability to give a wise advice to another. The same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to someone else. Someone else, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of healing. And He gives a person the power to perform miracles. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or not. Another is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And it is the one and only Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who distributes all these gifts. And He's the one who decides the gifts that a person should have in their life at any given time. So the first... One of the primary ways the Holy Spirit moves in a believer's life to encourage, to strengthen, and support is through the spiritual gifts. All these gifts. And we later learn in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians that Paul tells us that we need to desire these spiritual gifts. That there's nothing wrong with desiring for God through the Holy Spirit to manifest these gifts in our life. There have been moments in my life where I've had the gift of healing be strong in me, and God would pour, uh, move on me to pray for healing for people. And it's at that moment in time, it happens in corporate worship gatherings, it's happened out in the 
public sector of life where God just, I was in Starbucks one day, a long time ago, and, uh, well, I was just in Starbucks yesterday, but I was in this, start when this thing happened, I was um, uh, it, there, and the Holy Spirit impressed on me to, hey, you see that group of people over there? Yeah. I want you to go and offer to pray for them and encourage them. They were, I think, college students, and, and uh, they happened to be believers uh, at the when I discovered and just went over to encourage. I, I don't even know who all was around, but whatever way God used that to help them or witness to someone else, praise God for that. And you know when it's God, because you don't want to do it. <laughs> Because your heart starts beating like a thousand times a second, and you think, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. What do people think? Right? Really, that's really the first thing. What will people think? This is Starbucks. Is it in the sanctuary? <laughs> what if they kick me out and I can't come back? That's not going to be good. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> And I told you about this, as back when it was cold, there was a homeless guy in, the, in there. And I didn't want to do anything. I was just trying to mind my business and get out of there. And people were talking about him, like, they, they need to do something about this guy. They don't need to let him loaf around here and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you're right, somebody needs to do something about this. I guess I will. Because God's not letting me get out of this, so <sighs> go up, throw my trash away, walk around. The guy's asleep. I don't want him to cold cock me inside the head or not to think I'm trying to steal what little money he might have. And I wake him up, and it was Prentice. I couldn't believe it, man. <laughs> I thought, I know you, you have a house, because <laughs> I've been there. I'm teasing, it was not him. <laughs> it was Rodney, it was Rodney. No, I'm kidding. Tammy done kicked him to the curb. You know? <laughs> no, I, and I, he woke up and I, I just said, hey man, I'm Jeremy, he shook his hand and I said, what, you, what do you need? Well, I need money, I need a place to stay. I said, okay, great. I got a place for you. I'm gonna take you down to a ministry called Air Relief Ministries. I will drive you in my vehicle and I will get you there. They will help get you a place, and they will help get you on your feet. And I'll, no, 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 I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. I, don't want any. I just need money for my hotel. So I said, I can help you with that. What I do have, I have that, and I can get you there. But if you don't want that, then that's all I can offer you today. So anyway, that was the end of that story. But the point being is the gifts of the Holy Spirit want to flow in our life. And that, yeah, we need to be expected. We should come to church expected because this should be a place where those things should happen. Because as believers, we know we need just as much help as anybody else. Amen? But also as an individual, we need to be praying that the Holy Spirit would give us the gifts actively in our life. Amen? I know Jeremy Calhoun, is, that's a big desire of his heart for God to use him in the gift of healing. He's already, God's used him a lot in that, in the public world, just going up to strangers who he feels impressed has an issue, an ailment physically. He'll go and lay his hands on them and pray for them. 
Man, that takes courage. Because what if he's wrong? Right? But I'd, I guess I'd rather be wrong and know that I tried to help somebody than be st- stubborn and miss it. Amen? The gifts, they're not meant to cause confusion to people, folks. Amen? They're not meant to create chaos and disruption and disorder or weirdness. Because if, go back to verse 7, back up one. Because if that ain't happening, if the gifts are not helping each other, then that is the indicator that that is not the Lord. That is somebody's stupid flesh, pride or whatever you want to call it, getting in the way. Amen? Yeah. I'll be on the next conference sector here in a minute preaching this stuff. Not. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Here's what I want to say lastly about the gifts. The greatest evidence to being filled with the Holy Spirit besides one of the gifts is that we have true agape love. Agape love, as Paul said, is the attitude of deep affection for another person with a focus on loving action and not a feeling alone. Agape love. The reason I believe that is because of how he lays this out in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and then 14. That... He tells us at the end of chapter 12 that love is the best way of life. Love is the best way of everything. And then he spends a whole chapter talking about love and he uses examples. Hey, if I could speak with the tongues of angels and I could die a martyr and if I could give everything I have to the poor... But if I don't have agape, love, then I'm just a noisy gong. I am nothing, and I would have gained nothing. And friends, don't misunderstand or misinterpret the gifts of the Spirit without agape love. Because if you and I have true agape love, we will love Jesus with the right heart. We will love people with the right heart. And then God has no problem through the Holy Spirit manifesting His gifts in our life. Because those gifts will then be pure and they will truly be a help to other people the way they're intended to be. Amen? Because let's, let's just face it, as, as, human, as humans, we're, we have that nature of taking credit for something we didn't do. Taking glory for something we could not really create. Only God can create these things in our life. And He flows real good. It flows real well, real easy through hearts that have agape. Amen? Hearts that have agape. Let's look at the second thing real quick. I, gosh, I got I to gotta get done. Have I really been going for 40 minutes? Shut me up. I'm not going to do that to you. Because I'll pick this up later. How about that? 
it doesn't feel like I've been talking that long, and forgive me, but um, I think we could end with that. Does that help anybody today? Anybody? Does that help you really? Amen. Well, can I pray over you? I just want to, I just feel like I need to do this. Would you just come forward and let me just pray over you today? And we'll, we'll end. I'm not going to be like 30 minutes and pro, I don't plan to prophesy to all of you or any of that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I just felt like I need to pray over you. God desires to truly fill his church because we're his we're the body of Christ. And he has a purpose for each of us as individuals and collectively he has a purpose for every local church that exists. And I'm thankful that we cannot foster and produce agape love out of our own ability. Because it would be limited. That we need the true agape love of Christ to fill every single one of our hearts. It's in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, 2, Paul says... Let love, agape, let agape love be your greatest aim. And, and pursue the gifts of the Spirit. So that tells us that love, agape love, coupled with the Holy Spirit's gifts, have the power to change our world. And that's not all. That's all I can squeeze in today. But that alone is pretty powerful. So I, the question I think for us today is, do we desire agape love in our hearts? See, when you really get agape love, man, it'll change you. It'll change how you view yourself. It'll change how you view your spouse if you're married, how you view your family if you have them around. It'll change how you view people in general. Agape love, it'll change you. It can, you can't help but be changed by the encounter of God's love. So the question is, do we desire agape love? I believe I know there's people in our life and in our circle that we have a hard time loving. And there are people in this world 
that we would rather not see because we have a difficult time loving them. But in general, in general, Jesus said, the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. We can't control others' responses, but we can't control ours. Amen? So we don't need to try to worry about what everybody else is doing, how they're responding, or any of that. We, as Christians, need to worry about ourselves. Worry about how, what our heart, what the condition of our heart is. So, do we desire agape love and... I believe that agape love has the door that opens the gifts of the Spirit. Do we desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow in our life? Think about it. Nine different types of gifts. That the Holy Spirit is just waiting for the believer to say, I desire these gifts. Use me in these gifts today. Whatever gift you want to use me in today, Lord, use me in these gifts. Because I know that's what is going to save a soul, heal a body, change a person's mind. It's a story about a great evangelist. And I cannot remember which one it was, but it was way back when. But he was in a town doing a series of meetings. And he was walking down the sidewalk towards the meeting, and he saw this house, and he stopped and felt drawn to it, compelled to go over to the house. And then back then, the... the, the the houses were made a lot different than they are today. The keyholes were wide and big, and you could look through them and see inside a house. And he felt compelled to just go over to the keyhole and just say, Whoever you are, Jesus loves you. And he has a great plan for your life. And he did it and went on. He went to his meeting and preached and all kinds of ministry was happening. And at the end, a person came up to him and because he recognized the voice, he said, your voice was in my door today. I was about to commit suicide and kill myself because I had no more hope and reason to live. But I heard your voice and those words echo throughout my life house and I heard them and I stopped what I was doing and I just felt compelled to come here word of knowledge maybe is what that word would be we just don't know what lies in our path of the people that God wants to use us to help. Amen? We have each other in our own home, our spouses, our, our own children we have to 
help? Right? So today, let's just be refreshed. Let's take the next, you got two minutes? You got two minutes. Let's just be, re, take a moment and just be refreshed under the cascade of the Holy Spirit's presence now. Let's just lift, lift our hands as a cry out to the Lord. I need you. I want you. I'm helpless all by myself. I don't know where to go or what to do in moments of crisis and in times of difficulty. But I know that is not the mode in the you want me to live in, that pace. You don't want me to live in that vein. God, you want us to live with agape love flowing in our hearts. And you want to flow in our life freely with your gifts. So I ask you now for a fresh visitation of your spirit upon every life here who's sincere in seeking you. That right now, Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Fill our lives with a freshness, O oh Lord, like we have not had in a very long time. That it would truly be you here. Producing us agape love, the love of Christ Jesus that can only be poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive us where we're hard-hearted. Forgive us, Father, where we're stubborn. Father, forgive us for not seeking you all along. But today is a new day. Yesterday is gone. And today is upon us. So I ask you now, Holy Spirit, come. Descend upon us and be real inside of us. Where we have been numb, change that. Where we have been distant, redeem our time now. Where we feel like we have made too many mistakes, eradicate that from us. Delete them as only you can. Where the heart that is in search of true relationship with you now, meet them. Meet that heart. Meet that desire. Meet them where they are right now.
Holy Spirit. I pray for those who are burdened with sadness and grief, depression and oppression. Now I pray that the joy of the Lord would come upon us. Come upon them, O God. The joy of the Lord that is our strength, where we are depleted, where we are empty. Now, fill us up fresh. Where we have been knocking on the door for it to be opened. Now, open the door. What hindrances and what roadblocks have been in our way. By your Spirit now, move them. Where there have been those who have feel like they have been just caught up in the cycle of repeat and just cannot seem to get out of it. Now, by your Spirit's hand, change it. Reverse the curse on their life. Where they feel like they have been going down a one-way, dead-end street. And for whatever reason, they have not turned around. By your Spirit's hand now, turn their life around. Those who feel like they are in bondage. Deliver them now by your Spirit's power. sing out to him. Feel this place. Feel this place. Feel this place. Feel this place. Feel this place with your presence. Feel this place. Feel this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
Come, Holy Spirit, come fear this place. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and fear this place. That's our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and fear this place. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and fear this place. Come, 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 fear this place right now. Come, fear this place. Come, fear this place. Come, fear this place. Come, fear this place. If you sing in the spirit, just do it right now. Come feel this place, 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 come feel this place. This week, I pray that believe me, that you would have a greater liberty and freedom in your relationship with Christ than you've ever had before. That the communion lines between you and heaven 
would be like heaven is right next to you. That your intimacy with God would be so new and fresh that there would be this glow on you. There would just be this mystique in your life that you are with God. God is with you. And that you and I would be ever so mindful of others around that the Holy Spirit would manifest gifts in our life this week and use us to encourage people, strengthen others, and be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 I was back there. I was just <clears throat> praying, and the Lord really impressed me to say this. I don't know who needs this. Maybe all of us do. You know, God doesn't require a performance. I'm always trying to make a list of do's and don'ts, and if I do this, God's happy with me. If He does, there are things that grieve the Lord, but He doesn't require a performance in order to act through us. On my worst day, an ounce of the Holy Spirit in me is better than anything that I could make up on my best day. As a matter of fact, I found it almost without exception that he uses me at my weakest moments. When I think I'm a scumbag and today is going to be an absolutely dreadful day, God will force somebody into my path and I got nothing, absolutely nothing to give them except what the Holy Spirit puts inside of me. And I know at that point that it's not me. And I can tell you this, that's the only way it works. If you try to manufacture something, you try to bring something up, it's not. Just live your life and don't try to perform for Jesus because he's not impressed at all. And he's not depressed by us either. He loves us just like we are. All we have to do is just keep putting ourselves in front of him, getting off the floor when you fall down, and just keep moving on. And as we walk with him, we progress in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As we go, he works through us. Nobody knew where the wind comes from. Nobody knows where it goes. You only know when you feel it. And that's the way the Holy Spirit works. You can't prep for it. You just keep looking for Him, and He'll show up, and you move in it, and you go on. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're, you're falling short and your performance is not enough, God doesn't care. He loves you just the way you are. He just wants you to be available and to make move forward in His kingdom. The day you're perfect is when you'll be dead. And that's not here yet. So while you're alive, just keep moving, all right? So please don't feel under the pressure of the enemy saying, oh, you did this bad, you did this good. It's a lie. He loves us just the way we are. And his love pouring out into our life, out of him will flow rivers of living water, is the promise of the Lord. And I just have to believe him, Lord, that I can't produce this thing. But if you will, and I'm here, and, you know, whoever I am, make it happen. And this just happened with us this weekend at the least expected moment. I'm just telling you, I'm encouraged by that. We had a gathering at our house, and at the least expected moment, God did something 
through Tina and I and, and bless somebody's life. And we heard about it the next day. I'm like, you know, who expects that? Because we're just doing our thing, what we do every day and, and asking the Holy Spirit. And, and if you'll just allow him, he'll put the words in your mouth. You don't have to perform. You don't have to make it up. And God will use you just like you are, your warts and all. That's the way he likes it. Amen. You received that? It's a good word. It's a good word. I'm going to say our uh, blessing of, over your life um, as we prepare to dismiss today. But if you would like to stay and receive more ministry or prayer, feel free to linger. Pastor Prentice, myself, Haley, Lindsay will pray for you. Thomas, if you desire that, okay? Um, so just keep that in mind. Let's put our benediction blessing up on the screen. Out of number six, just receive this today. The Lord bless you by constantly bringing good into your life. The Lord keep you so that the care and sacrificial love of Christ poured out on the cross should guard all that is sacred and precious about you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you by having his glory always shine on your life. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you by always letting you know that he is fully present in your life and he is self-giving to you. The Lord give you peace, a peace that is unthreatened and undisturbed. And may your soul Feel its worth in the significance of Christ Jesus as you go today. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. If you would like to remain, remain.